right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when we play jams from local bands and artists. Thanks to my man, Patrick. And uh, these very talented human beings actually will be playing somewhere in the ATX. And you have a chance to see them live and in person. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Brian Andrew Lee. He was playing Saturday out at Ironwood Ranch and Distillery. Ooh, nice day. You want to take a drive out there and enjoy some music uh, out on the patio. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, because today, I believe Saturday, even though there's a slight chance of rain, it's supposed to be another beautiful day. It's supposed day. to be beautiful. And, and then man, Sunday. And then it goes downhill. Exactly. I believe the fit hits the shan on Sunday, and then it all goes downhill. So uh, I expect everybody to be out and about this weekend enjoying themselves. My man Patrick's giving you uh, some, some recommendations on where you can go check out some very, very talented human beings. Also, we uh, watched some very talented human beings on the basketball court last night in the NBA playoffs uh, so we'll review those NBA playoff games from last night and if we have time we'll preview some of the playoff games coming up tonight and this weekend or at least give you our picks on those games. Raj round the day I was going to get into some Texas football on the defensive side uh, but first I think we need to discuss this college football rule change. Man. Okay, so we'll do that, and if we have time, we can discuss the Texas defense. But the, the college football rule change for those who haven't heard uh, the uh, and I don't and we talked actually we did we talked about this earlier this year, but it didn't really I don't know we didn't hear any more buzz about rule changes. They were just talking about different uh, proposals for rule changes, and then today apparently they decided that. Uh, at least uh, it, it, we heard today, at least they're reporting that they are going to finalize potentially a rule change that would e- essentially only have uh, stoppages time uh, stoppages in time after first downs in the last two minutes of the halves. I believe that's what they're proposing. So last two minutes of the half, you would still stop the clock after a first down. But other than that, the clock would run. After a first down. Yeah, stopping the clock after first downs has been a rule um, since 1968. And that's going with the NFL and everything. But you start looking at it. And to me, I thought that was the beauty of getting a first down. Well, in college it is. Right, but that's my point. That's that's the beauty of. They're trying to speed up the game. I get it. They're trying to speed up the game. Everybody's trying to speed up their game. Baseball speeding up their game, and they did it successfully. Matter of fact, when we talked about the baseball rule changes to try to obviously you know speed up the game, speed up the pace of the game, uh, decrease the duration, uh, we talked about how even college football were pursuing these very proposals. Right. I didn't know they were actually going to approve them, but <laughs> they report is now they're going to approve this proposal. I just thought they were studying it. Right. You know, just, just going to do some different, you know, surveys about it and study it for a while. Nope. They were they were very much serious about those rule changes to speed up the game. The NFL has talked about speeding up the game, cutting commercial breaks. They do a picture in a picture sometimes. They do the in-game commercials now to cut out commercial breaks, try to speed up the game. So everybody wants their game now to have a quicker pace and to have a shorter duration just because our attention spans, and it's all of us, by the way, our attention spans are just, they're just not what they used to be. We have the attention span now of a goldfish, and it's (laughs) shrinking by the day in the, you know, smart era that we live in, the instant gratification era that we live in, and the TikTok generation uh, that we all have to observe these days. Well, here's the other part of it, too. When you start looking at these games, and let's say your game starts at 11, and the next game that's going to be on TV starts at 1, there's been many a times where they've had to put it on a different channel. You have to go to your 
yes. uh, ESPN Plus Good instead point. of the games being start starting on time. And how many times did we have where Texas was playing the one? Well, they were normally playing eleven o'clock, but if they were playing a game in the afternoon, we were all waiting for the Texas game because the other game had over had multiple gone, and, times. And it happens with whatever team you wanting to watch. I mean, it's yes. not just Texas. We're talking about it because it's we're right here. But there were many games that you had to to wait or go to a different channel until that other game. And sometimes those games were – there were still like five minutes left in those games. Oh. And you know as well as I do, five minutes for TV, that's like 30, no 35 question. minutes. Sometimes, so you're yeah. missing a whole first quarter on some games. No, you're so right because I watch a lot of Texas games and have to rewatch a lot of Texas games and, and Texas opponents. And I got to tell you right now, my my biggest complaint is it takes me forever. I'm fast forwarding through a lot of stuff too. I'm watching specific things. I'm watching all third downs. I'm watching you know all first downs, mm-hmm. and it's taking me forever right. to get through these damn games. <laughs> and, and and it's because they're so long. So they are. I agree. They, the games do need to be shortened. I don't know if this is going to be the solution. I'm glad they're pursuing Attempting. something. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 trying to throw something at the problem because the games are getting longer. They're right. getting longer. When I, because I'm still old, when I DVR games, just because I need to go back and watch them, um, oh, man, you should see how many programs I have to record right. for that damn game. I record the game, then I record the mini post game, the beginning of the next game. Yep. Got like four damn recordings to record one Big Twelve game. Well, you know, on, on, on one of the, on one on my TV, it always goes. Do you want to end at the scheduled time? I'm like, nah. Let me get an hour because <laughs> because right. you're gonna need it. You go need it. You're gonna need it. So I, I you know I know some people are sticklers for you know tra- it's kind of the traditional uh, way of doing things, but I think in all sports, this is something that needs to be not only studied but pursued. Try oh, to shorten sure. the games. If you can, if you can shorten the games without total, drastically having to change the game itself. Now, baseball, I get it. They have drastically changed the game. <laughs> Probably the biggest change to the game since, you know, integration. I mean, it's a big change in the game. So that's something, that's another conversation. But for football, I don't know if this, you're right, it's a big change. Right. But I don't know if it drastically changes the tactics, the methodology. Baseball's changing all that. They had. They, they changed had to push method, the method, tactics, right. strategy, all that changes. Uh, it just changes your strategy a little bit. Just a little. You change your strategy a little bit. bit. Um, But I think ultimately it just speeds up the game. And in the last two minutes, all right, of the half, you'll still be able to, final two minutes of each half, you'll still be able to have that advantage of a first down does stop the clock when you're in your two-minute mode. Yeah, that's true, too, because that's what you need at the end of the game. You want to make sure that everything is still on that because when you start looking back at it and you're looking at the game – the clocks does need to run because you're right. It does it does take a long time. Oh, but I think it's the initial thought of changing the rules and they've had to have um they've had to have reviewed this before they just jump out there and say, We're gonna do this. They're probably looking at what we were talking about. Games are overflow I mean, going over the time Way where all the T V markets are being effective at affected as well. That's a great point too. So that honestly, Narge, you might hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I think it's exactly Bro- what the, it is. The bro- we know the broadcast networks behind the scenes; they're pulling the strings. Yeah, uh, with a lot of these big decisions, especially with realignment and all this other stuff. And I guarantee you, there is a broadcast network chirping a little, saying, "Guys, 
we got advertisers. We have a lot of you know spots that we're playing at certain times and for certain games or nope. for certain matchups. And this is throwing us all. You have no idea what it does to our inventory and for all of our spots that we have to reorganize everything just because mm-hmm. you guys went forty five minutes outside the allotted exactly. time. Exactly. Can you go five minutes? We can deal with that. But forty five minutes outside yep. the allotted time of a game. It throws off our entire inventory. Every part of it. Yes, and right. we got advertisers who are upset saying, hey, man, I want to be in that I want to be in that Bama-Arban game, and I'm in this other game. Um, I wanted my spot to be played here. And by the way, I can tell you, because my wife's in that industry, that is that is a complaint people get. For sure. There, there are advertisers that want in this in this market that want to play during the Texas game, and they want to play during the second quarter. Well, right? right? And, and they, know, they and complain if, when they don't get to play at that time especially when they pay a certain amount of money to do it. If you're playing to nobody, you want to be in the first quarter. Exactly. And now that first quarter is on ESPNU instead of ESPN because and now you're like but no but that was when everybody's gonna watch because they're gonna see how they come out and once Texas up's 21 no one's watching anymore yeah. and so I don't want to pay as much so yeah I, there, I think that all goes into it it is gonna be interesting to see when teams get down if running backs just get taken out of it like running plays just get killed even more because it used to be you could still get a run play and get up to the line and take another snap. Mm-hmm. So once you're down 14, 20 points in the fourth quarter and it's not the final two, if they're just like, look, we just have to keep throwing, we have to throw the sidelines, we have to move that, we'll see how much more yep. it, you know, it opens up the inside of the field because you're playing defense and you know, hey, man, we're, we're okay with them going over the middle because we just want to run clock. If we're up two th- scores or three scores, we're up 17 with eight minutes left in the game. Are, are you gonna? You're gonna start guarding those sidelines. Yep. Yeah. Because you know now they can't just get a first and run up and spike it or run up. You know they have to keep running. Yeah. And, and from that standpoint, I guess it it can have a drastic effect on strategy because some teams they just want to play ball control and milk yep. the clock. Yep. You can actually kind of you can get yeah. back you can to that run, strategy. Yeah. You now. can definitely you can do that. We might see yeah. running plays a little and bit I say, more. If you can if you can yep. if you can pound the rock here and I can get hey four yards in a cloud of dust, yep. I might take it if I can just maintain you know a two score lead you know a, or a touchdown yep. in the field. Goal. It wins. Th- so, so, not every team, but some teams may have that strategy. And, 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 and more for that, that'll make people running the clock be a lot more easy to watch because the problem with running the clock, you get a first down and, it and then it stops. <laughs> and then they wait for the play clock to start and then run that down to one. That's a great point. So, you wait till they reset the ball, then you get another 35 seconds. So, the pace still increases the pace. The so, pace still, so, the pace will still, still go. So, you're able up. to still move. So, running the, run the clock, that will make it immeasurably more fun to watch. When we're not continually stopping at the end of these games that are blowouts. Mm-hmm. And oh man, they got another first down. All right, let's wait the 20 seconds, 30 seconds for them to set the ball. All right, now we got another 35 where they're not even huddling up. They're standing right. there waiting. Right. Yeah, I, I actually I can't wait to see it. And I, I hope the college football is more like the NFL in the sense that the NFL, where they make a change, the NFL is probably one of the most experimental leagues on the planet. They change the rules literally almost every damn year. They'll change the rules. Sometimes it's something drastic. Sometimes it's something minor. But they and then but if they if they realize based on the public response and based on the sample size of the results that it, it was a bad rule change for the sport and for the overall brand, they'll change it back. So exactly. How many times they 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 change the damn catch rule? Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. They change it every other year. Snip, change it every other year. So, is it a catch? Is it a not a catch? Exactly. Yeah. They confuse every damn like, exactly. thing. Jerry Rice at one point said, I don't know what a catch is. Nobody exactly. knew what a catch was because the NFL changed the rules so much. I hope they run. If it is a bad rule change and it's hurting the overall product of college football, change the rule back. 
Yep. Just change it back. Yep. Just, just, you know what I mean? And then, and then you can approach the the duration issue and the length of the game issue from another standpoint, right? You can throw another uh, solution or throw another po- possible solution at it because maybe this didn't work. So I hope, they don't, hope they're not so stubborn right. that it's like, all right, well, this is going to be the case for the next 20 years. Like, no, if it hurts the sport – and you realize that it is damaging to the overall product, just change the rule back. Yeah, right. and, and, and for people that are worried that it may kill three score comesbacks, prevent defense prevents you from winning. It's the old saying. And the more that people are going to be will allow you to get stuff up the middle because we know you can't stop the clock that way, the more it gets a one-possession game, and now you're in that final two minutes and the first downs come back into play again. So I think it could even itself back out that if you have good coaching you're going to be able to find guys open and at least move the ball and make it more exciting than just taking deep shots down the field and just trying to play with the clock dead. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait to hear what all the coaches around the country have to say about it. Yeah. Thoughts, whether they are uh, against this uh, new rule change possibility or they are advocating for this new rule change. Well, I'm I'm with a lot of these people right here when they're going to do those reviews. Oh. They're they're long too. They're brutal. Yeah, they should be able to brutal. adjust those too. Like if you don't have a definitive answer oh. immediately when you walk over there, it really because is. it should be there. You should be able to see that. I so agree. when you get a chance to walk out there and you see that, because other people should be looking at it, and you should not be the only one looking at it. You as the official, because I know they have the review crew up in the booth. But when they wait for the official to come over there and they look do. at it, it's, too. It's almost theater at one point. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's like I those commercials you... we see where they go in there and have food. <laughs> <laughs> also, another great – is that insurance? What is that? Yeah, there's another insurance Man, one. insurance commercials are the best commercials. Yeah. That might be the best insurance commercial or best commercial out there, period, when they throw the review flag. Like, let's, oh, go yeah, review. let's go to review. It's like, who forgot Who forgot the uh, the backpack? Let's, let's I, try, go to review. I tried to throw that the other day. It didn't work out for me. Wifey didn't want to say it? No, well, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I threw it on myself. <laughs> I I think we've all been in that situation. It's like, no, I think you screwed it up. It's like, no, I think you yeah, screwed it up. Yeah. It's like, damn, I wish we had a review. Cause there you go. We're going to review. <laughs> You're going to the review. That's right. Uh, but no, that's a that's a good point though. I don't I don't know why. It almost seems like they are playing out the drama of it. Because yep. you right, they have a review uh, crew up there that's looking at that play, and by the time the ref goes over and look at it. It's been about 90 seconds exactly. or two minutes already. Because like, he got to do this. He got to wave his <laughs> yeah. arm down. We got the, the play is under further review. It is, yeah. And then it's always at the other end of the stadium. <laughs> and he never, he, sometimes they trot. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. But very Rose, I didn't walk on they over there, there like, leisurely. Yes. It's like, dude, come on. They're not in no hurry to get I this agree. thing correct. That's a great point, too. I think, yeah. I, I think most of it's theater. Yep. I think they know, the crew probably already knows, like, oh, man, this this is going to be a decision right here. Yep. There's a really good chance it's this. And then he has to go over there and look at it, and he takes forever. Sometimes no it's, it seems obvious, isn't? but it, I will say sometimes it seems obvious, and they make the wrong call. <laughs> but it's yes. like whenever you see, like, the USFL or uh, the AAF or XFL, any of those, they always have these review processes that are so much better than the NFL. Instead of laser, like, hey, man, I get, like, it seems more gimmicky that they're showing the guy doing it and everything. <laughs> Just do what they're doing. It's yeah. everyone agrees across the board that this is the better way to do it because at a certain point, if you don't know, then th- that's not a problem that what they call in the field stands. We're, yeah. What we're saying is when they blatantly make something wrong, but if we're like, is that a blade of grass? Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell that's a blade of grass in between. Like, I don't care. He's out of bounds or he's in bounds. Tell, Pretty what, much. Do they, what do the guys see on the field? Cool. Let's go. But if he goes, no, he was two feet out of bounds. 
then it's out of bounds. Yeah. Or if he's, got, hey man, both his feet are clearly in. He's got the ball. Let's move on. Yeah, like what are we doing here, guys? Like why? Is it, why is this even a review? A place that should be reviewed for this long? And, and it's, yeah. I know you're. I know you know that on Twitter the next day someone's going to break it down and give you exactly why you're wrong. They're going to do that no matter what. They're going to do that anyway. And yeah. that's a, I, I totally agree with that. That's that's a great point there. Maybe they are doing it because they tr- want to try to be thorough or at least give the impression that they're being thorough. Uh, they want to give the impression. They want to. That's the what it is because they are not being thorough. Uh, Texas said uh, here just got in the car. Is this official? Uh, well, it's being reported by CBS Sports and other outlets that the NCAA is expected to approve today's rule changes uh, uh, based uh, that have been proposed earlier this year that will allow the clock to run after first downs are achieved in all. All divisions uh, except Division Three. Um, yeah. The clock will continue to stop after first downs during the final two minutes of each half. Uh, that is being reported by, like I said, I think on three has it. CBS Sports have it. I love. This is probably the. This is probably the most astute point made on the Specs text line. I, I love it about this conversation so far as it relates to these possible rule changes being approved and how it would have affected Texas in retrospect. How many more wins would Texas have the last two years if these rules had been in place, considering huh. Texas always had a big lead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it seemed like there was way too much time left in the game. That's a good point. <laughs> and Texas could not keep their opponent all right, under their thumb. They could not keep their opponent from mounting a tremendous comeback. How many of those has Sark had in his tenure so far in two years? That, like six? That would be a great point. Like six of them yeah. jokers, right? Yeah. When it's like, damn, Texas, if you'd have just – you know, if you'd have been able to finish out that game, play four quarters, but no, Texas played two and a half quarters, yeah. and their opponent was able to come back. And yeah, these rule changes would have had the clock running after first downs, except for in the last two minutes of yeah. each half. Texas Sark's record that would have been a little. Bit I'm gonna different. say his record would be right now. I'm gonna say a four game. In, I'm gonna say three to four game improvement. Easily, I, I I could see that, and he probably he wins that may win that Oklahoma game. He definitely they, would. It was the, the first one. Yes, he wins the first Oklahoma game. Remember, it took them to the, like the very last drive. Yeah, that is true. To pull out that W against Texas, that is very true. So you'd have won that one. That's yep, for sure. For sure. Oh, that would have definitely done that. Great point, Texter, but you hurt my heart on that one. Yes. Oof. Oh gosh! Yeah, all right. There you go. But that's that's a good point, though. And yep. Sark, Sark, I would say this is this maybe this is good for Sark because Sark is a he's an opening script guy. Yep. His opening script is money, and Sark's teams, or at least his Texas teams, have been at least known to jump out to leads. Now, can they? Keep that lead. <laughs> that has probably been the biggest point of criticism against Sark. They can't keep a lead because they don't play all four quarters. They did better last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, this is a rule, I guess, theoretically, that helps Sark. Yeah. that that Less that time for a team to mount a comeback. But why would you – man, why are you making me go back and think about this, Rod? You, you hurting me for this. Uh, because I think uh, about all the games we could have had. Oh, I'm yeah. just thinking that Oklahoma – you win an Oklahoma game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And think about it, that was the beginning of the downward spiral. Yeah. Gosh dang it. That, that, boy, Ooh. you didn't got me over here looking for more oh, victories. Blame the texter. Yeah. Did we beat Alabama? Ooh. Oh, I forgot that one came down to the last oh, yeah. oh, drive. Yeah. You're right. You might. might. Yes, because you, you have to. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you might win that one too. Your game winning field goal is a game winning field goal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go, right? Instead yeah. of getting, at least leaving time for Bryce Young. Oh, that's Patrick's fault, guys. He I brought that one. I don't even like that. 
That's you can't even you. Talk Think about, about those two signature wins. He'd have a win over Lincoln Riley <laughs> in his first year at Oklahoma and have a win over Nick Saban in his second year already. If we can, we can, we can, tap, the, we can tap the flux capacitor and go back to the future and uh, jump into DeLorean and ha- have these rule changes been enacted two years ago. See what do you do when you got a time machine killing Hitler? Ah, I got some rule changes we need to college football. <laughs> Every Longhorn fan, right? Yeah. Yeah, we make some slight tweaks to the game. I got yeah. something to do first before I go kill Hitler. <laughs> I'll be I got to right make back. some tweaks to the game. <laughs> There's no doubt Longhorn fans would do that. <laughs> like try to get Adrian Peterson back to Texas. No doubt. I'm trying to build the perfect Texas football team instead of actually correcting all the wrongs of history. That's a great That's point. a great skit that I, mean, I really believe Longhorn fans could relate to. It's like, actually, I would do that. Actually, that should be something that I, we Go back about. that Bama game. I'd go tell Cole McCoy, "Hey, don't listen to Greg Davis. Do, All right, you did not. You, you did not do you this. You don't want to get hurt. So just up, uh, kneel, just kneel, exactly. just kneel out the half, and it's all good. We're gonna beat Bama. We're gonna make this happen." <laughs> We're going to make this happen. Don't worry about it. We already got the plan already already out there. Will we need the almanac from Biff? Will we need that? Or we just we go off the knowledge that we already have? We'll no, we go almanac. with what we have. Well, the almanac will make us some money, though. I'm trying to make some cash, I, I too. Just need, I just need CB's Twitter feed. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You'd be able that to get great. that done. Uh, someone says it doesn't apply to close games. Clock still inside two minutes. It does apply because you would have less time and the most of the quarter and most of the half. You only get the last two minutes of the half where the clock will stop after the first down. So theoretically, games that you lost at the end of the game on the last drive, like Alabama, like Oklahoma, That's they wouldn't have one, had though. time for yeah. that last drive. You would have won. You know, the, the, the clock runs the clock out. Would have been run yeah, out. The clock would have been run out. Clock runs out, baby. They run out of time. You're running off the field with your hand Hands up. up. Sark, 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 no, yeah. not around the field. They're carrying Sark off the field. <laughs> They're carrying Sark off the field. He's got on the golden hat. Yep. All right, he's got the golden hat off and carried off the field. All right, well, nobody's mocking the, the suit that he wore. Oh, that man, that's like a totally different one. Working at Burger King or something, whatever it was. Yeah. I never bring up Coach Steven. The world's a very different place. That is hilarious. He's carried, I mean, right? He beat Bama this year. And we're like, oh, man, contract extension. Now got to get it done. Now you got to figure it out. What you waiting on, CDC? Oh, my gosh. Get that flux <sighs> capacitor going. <laughs> we need it. We need it. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Um, all right. Let's um, let's get – oh, you know what? I was supposed to get some, some basketball talking. We didn't get to it. We, we just okay. talk, got talking about the rule change, and then That's we got right. into the it. The rule change Okay, what so what we'll do next segment is we'll get to Rod's round today. I'll talk a little Texas football. I want to talk about the defense. And then um, coming up at 545 after Rod's round today, we'll sneak in some NBA discussion. I promise you that. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine the Horn. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to uh, Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for Rod's rant of the day. I know I've been talking a lot about Texas offense, what the offensive identity is going to be for Texas, uh, so I want to devote some of that time to Texas' defense. Next week, I promise you, deep diving, lots of rabbit holing about the NFL draft. We'll go deep, deep, deep into the NFL draft, but still got a little buzz going from the spring game this week, so I got my mind on a lot of Texas football, and I've been doing uh, some digging or at least looking at some of my notes from last season. So when I'm thinking about 
thinking about the defensive identity this year, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to basically be Texas doubling down on what they did last year because it was such a drastic improvement on what they did last year, right? I mean, you're talking about one of the best defensive turnarounds in the history of Texas football. Texas allowed 31 points per game in 2021, uh, over 200 rushing yards per game, over 5.2 yards per rush. Uh, in 2021, and then the next season, 2022, they uh, allow uh, 21.2 points per game, so dropping almost 10 points, 123 rushing yards per game, one of the best rush defenses in the country, and only 3.3 yards per rush. Uh, and they were second in the country in pressures, and this was probably the most uh, impressive of all the turnarounds was that Texas was 108th in pressure rate in 2021. They were last in the Big 12, ninth in pressure rate on blitzes. They couldn't get to the quarterback to save their life. <laughs> they could not do it. Um, they were 111th and 9th in the Big 12 in opponent-adjusted pressure rate. And talk about flipping the script. In 2022, they're second behind Clemson in pressures with 277 in all of college football nationally. So it was a, a magnificent turnaround for them. So I think what they figured out is they now believe they've solved the issue of pressure. They were trying to figure out how do we get to the opposing quarterback? How do we affect the opposing quarterback? We got to get pressure on them, and they figured out how to do that. Now, the problem was they weren't able to convert a lot of those pressures into sacks. They only converted uh, those 277 pressures into 27 sacks. Among the top 10 teams in pressures in all of college football last season, uh, only North Carolina State had fewer sacks in Texas. Uh, and I believe those were the only two teams in the top 10 in pressures that had fewer than 30 sacks. So they couldn't convert a lot of those pressures into sacks. And I believe – the, 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 the working theory behind the scenes for Texas is we need to play tighter man-to-man coverage. So I believe that for, based on what I saw in the spring game, and I was actually talking to my man Bobby Burton about this of Inside Texas, I think they want to play more bump and run on the boundary side, which they do with Ryan Watts. He plays bump and run a ton. So they're probably going to keep his bump and run rate the same. But they want to play bump and run on the field side, I think, too. That field corner. Last year, the field corner was a bit of a liability for them. They had Deshaun Jameson there, but Deshaun Jameson wasn't the ideal corner for them because they still want to be able to play man-to-man coverage, even on the field side. And when it is appropriate, meaning the formation uh, dictates or down distance situationally, they would like to play bump and run on the boundary side, which is the side closest to the sideline, or the field side, which is the wide side of the field. Now, that's tough because on that field side, there's a lot of room, a lot of space for that receiver to work to get two-way goals. So you got to have a, a cornerback you really, really trust to play bump and run on that field side if that's going to be the case. But either way, you like a corner you trust over there to be able to lock up and play man-to-man. Texas last year probably played between 15 20% man-to-man. They want to increase that. Last year they played a ton of what is called um, basically uh, match quarters. Match quarters is a matchup zone. It's just quarters coverage for deep, but uh, the coverage, depending on when and where the wide receiver declares in your zone, uh, the coverage deteriorates and transforms into a man coverage. So it's called a matchup zone. Texas did that damn over 50% of the time last year. They played a lot of that, but essentially that is a form of man coverage when 
the they would say once the receivers declare in their route combinations uh, where they are in the coverage or whose responsibility they are in the coverage. So it ended up deteriorating into a man concept anyway. But they want to play just sheer man-to-man, which is cover one with one deep safety in the middle of the field, man across the board. And like I said, they want to play bump and run on the outsides. And the the reason that's going to help, remember Sark already said they want to play more man-to-man. He said it before last season because he wants to be able to man up and and devote that extra defender into the box to help with the run game or to use uh, to pressure the opposing quarterback, to use the blitzer. They just would like to have that extra plus one, all right, to be able to adapt uh, and be able to adjust to whatever the def- the offense is doing, whatever the, wherever the defense may be vulnerable or easily exploitable. So that's why the Terrence Brooks-Gavin Holmes competition is a big one. I think Terrence Brooks is going to win the job. But every other job in that secondary is pretty solidified. Right? You got uh, Ryan Watts, your boundary corner. Jaron Thompson, he was your air traffic controller now. Right? That guy, he's now the, the vet in that secondary. Yep. He's been around longer than everybody else in that secondary. So he's the guy that's going to be you know, telling everybody where they, where they need to line up, their, their responsibilities, their roles. When Jalen Catalan comes in, like Jalen Catalan's an NFL safety. right? He's got a Sunday skill set, but he's not going to know that system and be as familiar with that system as Jaron Thompson. So I guarantee when he gets on the field, especially after skipping the spring with an injury, he's going to be relying on Jaron Thompson about, Hey man, what do I line up? What I got here? Mm-hmm. What I got in this coverage? I got this. Okay. So they're gonna have their own language working together. So that's why he's important. Jade Barron, I think, is gonna be an All Big Twelve defender uh, this upcoming season, and he is I a lock at that nickel, and I think a strength for Texas at that nickel spot. So all across the board, and we heard Keaton Crawford this year that he's playing really well. So all across the board in the secondary, everything else seems solidified and stabilized. And to stabilize the secondary completely, you need to figure out who that field corner is going to be. I think it's going to be Terrence Brooks because I think he's got the natural coverability, coverage ability. I think they prefer Terrence Brooks. He's got great natural footwork. It's ingrained in him because his dad was a footwork coach also in Aggie. played DB there. I believe he's the one that came up with the wrecking crew term. Uh, shout out to Chet Brooks and I've talked to him he's a good guy aside from being an Aggie and he actually <laughs> uh, you know kind of broke down that you know really Terrence Brooks could probably play any possession in that secondary potentially uh, that's how he was developed um, in terms of his football training um, and them as a him as a footwork coach I mean that's a guy who can play nickel can play corner so at that field corner and I saw it in the spring game where he had a great rep against Xavier Worthy. You probably remember it, Hearts, where he's playing, I believe he's playing bump and run bump on, and that, run. Yep. on that boundary mm-hmm. side and ends up getting, you know, disrupting the route, rerouting Xavier Worthy, and then pins him to the sideline and is hip to hip with him, feels the wide receiver, and ends up doing the looking lean, looking back for the football. It was a perfect rep. I'm talking about a training video rep. And I saw the same thing from Terrence Brooks in that bowl game. I've seen these perfect reps from him. So I know they're in him. He's a young player. He just got to improve his baseline so that we get more of those perfect reps. You definitely need those reps. Right? Yep. But he's got – I mean, remember he gets out of that break and should have to pick six yep. in, the, in the bowl uh, yep, game? Yep, yep, yep. To, to get out of that break the way he got out of it, man, that was – like I said, that was a perfect rep. No wasted motion, no wasted footwork. Got to go finish it. So I guess maybe <laughs> not perfect, but got to go finish it. Uh, don't be Rod B dropping that money. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think he's got that think ability. think he did all right, player. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I think he's got that ability, though. Um, he's, he's got better hands than Robbie, is best way I should say. So he needs to catch that. But I think he's got that ability. That's why I think he'll end up winning the job. But they got a insurance policy in Gavin Holmes. And what they want to do in terms of playing the bump and run coverage is they believe they can translate, convert some uh, more of these pressures into sacks by taking away the lowest hanging fruit on the route tree. Mm-hmm. All right, Take away the quick game. 
All right, play bump and run. I'm taking away the slant, taking away the hitch, taking away the quick out, I'm taking away the smoke. And a lot of those, uh, a lot of the plays last year, I mean, Texas was a little bit, I'm going to say vulnerable, um, but Texas allowed teams to move the football via the quick game at times. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that I thought was detrimental or debilitating to the defense. Defense actually was pretty good. Um, But I think if they want to turn more of these pressures into sacks, they want to force the quarterbacks to go to their second, third read initially. And then as they get deeper into the progression of the passing game that they believe their pressure will get home. Right. And that's why I think it's it's pivotal this year because Ryan Watts, as hardly loves him from Ryan Watts, I he do. loved him before the season, and he's been great. Uh, and he still and he still can you know he's he's playing a lot of that boundary corner without a lot of help, so he is still someone that can be exploited. Essentially, you know, you got a fifty fifty proposition over there, and he's great at the line of scrimmage, but as you get deeper into your route. He has some stiffer hips, so I think you can get him on certain route uh, combinations on the route tree. But for the most part, his advantage is that he's long, he's rangy, and by the time he's done rerouting you, it's very likely, unless you are the, <laughs> the you unless you are the featured route in that passing concept, or you're the go-to guy and they're force feeding you the football like Sark does with X Men, and you're the only read, <laughs> all right, that that quarterback is going to try to execute in that passing concept. But if you are as you know, I, I would say as effective as Ryan Watts is playing bump and run, a lot of the times the quarterbacks look away. Right. Once you are, once he's in there, you know, disrupting or rerouting that receiver, I don't have all day unless you are the featured key receiver in that, like I said, passing concept or in that progression. So I might not look away if you're trying to force feed the football to you. But for the most part, if you can reroute that receiver early on, trust me, as a guy who played a lot of bump and run, the quarterbacks will look away. They don't have time. They don't have yep. time for the dilly down. They got to look for somebody who's going to get open and get separate. Now, maybe come back to you later on in your route. Um, and that's but that's God willing, he gets through all of his progressions, which right. there's very you know a slim chance of that too with Texas defense line. So that's why the defensive identity will pretty much be the same as it was last year. They will increase the amount of man coverage, and I think they're going to increase the amount of bump and run coverage on the outside to take away the lowest hanging fruit on the route tree. Um, and, and last year, this is the only thing that, t- that teams really did well against Texas uh, in the passing because teams couldn't run against Texas really well. Um, and Texas, Texas created a, a ton of pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. There were just a few route combinations, and there were a few uh, schematic kind of um, cheat codes that teams used against Texas. So Texas wanted to play a lot of bump and run. The, the best way to discourage a team from playing bump and run is to force them into playing levels, right? Because DBs don't want to get picked and they don't want to get rubbed. So when Texas would want to play bump and run, all teams would do is get in a bunch formation or getting tight twins. Remember, we saw a lot of this from Iowa State. Yep. We saw a lot of this from Bama. We saw a lot of this from Tech. We saw a lot from Oklahoma State where they would get in a bunch formation and then Texas could only have one of their DBs playing bump and run. The other DB has to play three to four yards off because we can't get rubbed or picked. Rub, that, offense calls it a rub route. Defense calls it a pick route because it is illegal. <laughs> um, but, you know, rub route is to pick route as tax uh, avoidance is to tax evasion. Depends on what Man. side of the aisle you're on, all right? But I was for, trying to be on avoidance. Yeah, you want to be on the avoidance <laughs> side of that. Or like you said, you want to be the rub route, not the pick route. Right. But either way, um, teams were really, really effective at being able to uh, move the football when they – took Texas out of their aggressive mindset because they forced them to read and react rather than rerouting receivers. And the, the numbers that I have, Bama was really good um, when they threw 
out of bunch formations or through with a bunch formations, 80, over 80% completion percentage. So was Iowa State uh, with bunch formations. Tech was around 70% completion percentage when they were throwing to and from bunch formations. So that is something Texas will have to have a, a solution for. They'll have to come up with uh, some type of uh, uh, options and different types of uh, problem-solving techniques for that for the players so that they can match up with it. Also, teams are probably going to run a lot of empty versus Texas next season because last year teams like UTSA, teams like K-State, teams like Bama, I mean, K-State averaged 12.7 yards per attempt, UTSA damn near 10 yards per attempt, throwing uh, out of empty formation because that takes away Texas' two biggest strengths, their run defense and their ability to pressure the opposing quarterback. You take those two things away, and you might have an advantage, right? Or in Texas, so th- those. But th- but we're being. I mean, nitpicky. There are not a lot of things that teams were able to execute consistently against this Texas defense. And also, oh, the inside cuts. For some reason, Texas last year gave up a ton of inside cuts. Also, why they want to play more bump and run coverage so they can take away the inside cuts with inside leverage. Get inside. Last year on slants, glances, post routes. Uh, teams got a first down or a touchdown 45% of the time, 60% completion percentage on inside breaking routes. Those are like mm-hmm. three things, but I guarantee you, Blake Gideon, Terry Joseph over there working on it, PK working on it right now. And those are the only things that I could find from my film study last season that I would classify as mm, maybe somewhat uh, systemic, consistent issues that teams were able to exploit against Texas. But like I said, I had to be nitpicky. I had to dive deep, deep, deep into it. So I think the Texas defense is going to be really good next year. I've talked about the central nervous system. Go look at every really good Texas defense over the last 15 years or so. Go look at the central nervous system, the, the interior D tackle, the off-ball linebackers, the safeties. The central nervous system is your communication center. That's where all your audibles are made. That's where your air traffic controllers are. Texas this year with Jalen Ford, Jaron Thompson, Jalen Catalan, or Keaton Crawford, Jade Barron, uh, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy. I mean, all of your best players, arguably, are right there in the central nervous system. That usually foreshadows a really good year for a Texas defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we come back. We'll get into a little NBA discussion on the side. Pick some games right here on Baltimore Line. Wonderful number one. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 5-1-2 Friday. We play jams that reach the top. Sorry. We play jams from local bands and artists. They might hit the top of the <laughs> they chart. They might hit the top of the chart. We <laughs> hope they do. But we play jams, uh, my man Patrick does, from bands and artists, very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Greenbeard, and they are playing Saturday at the Mohawk. I would love to know the story behind the Greenbeard name. Greenbeard? Greenbeard. Does he? Does he, I must, Nobody has a green beard. I don't think so. When they play? Okay. It's not so, like part no. of the shtick or anything, the bit? All right, there you go. My man Patrick, always hooking you up for great recommendations uh, for plans that you can have over the weekend. All right, Joe, let's talk a little NBA here. We'll finish. We'll continue our NBA discussion going into the top of the 6 o'clock before we hit some NFL news notes and nuggets. Uh, but uh, the Suns with a big win. Devin Booker really was the story. 129-124 uh, to 124, uh, was the win over the Clippers. But Devin Booker with 45 points. He is now averaging 36 points per game in this series, uh, gentlemen. So uh, right now, this 
this series, if Kawhi Leonard is, you know, obviously going to be dealing with an injury going forward and Paul George has not been with the team, uh, man, this thing may get out of hand. Uh, for the Clippers. Now, this was a competitive game. It really was a competitive game. Norman Powell, 42 points. Russell Westbrook, even though it took him a lot of shots to get it, he still had, what, 30 points, 12 assists, three steals. Uh, but you have no star power, man. With no Kawhi, and Kawhi was playing, like, championship caliber Kawhi. He was playing with the one that was the finals MVP for the Toronto Raptors. He was playing at that level. Without that guy, I don't think the Clippers have a shot. Uh, yeah, they really don't have a <laughs> shot. And that's why it's so important for them to rally around him. Is Kawhi going to be that guy that can come back? We've said it. He's been playing a great basketball. He's been coming uh, back after the games and being able to play 46 minutes, mm-hmm. 42 minutes, playing a lot of time on the court. Well, now your team needed you, and now you got this mysterious knee injury. Do we know when this happened? We don't. We also he said that it is not the same injury that – kept him out all of last season the knee injury so it's apparently not related to that it's a knee sprain but they gotta play an earlier game i think they're playing like a 230 game on on saturday yeah right so are you gonna be ready for that one because now are you gonna lose both games at home because you're not gonna be there yeah if he's not there they're gonna lose i mean look we saw how they played bones highland wanted to play iso ball the whole time russell westbrook and norman powell were the only two guys that really wanted to shoot the ball and everybody else like morris came out and tried to shoot the ball early because he doesn't get any running, he doesn't play at all. Yeah. So he was like, I'm going to try and he got winded and was not playing very much. <laughs> but most of those guys didn't really, like, there was no there was no identity to that team without Kawhi Leonard yeah, or Paul George Yeah, no synergy with the offense. It was Because just, there's, yeah. no, there's no guy to go to, and none of those guys want to pass to Russell Westbrook or Norman Powell really either. So it's just kind of a, you're going street ball against a really good team in the Phoenix Suns, who's mm. playing really well together, and then they were trying to double-team a lot of times, and they were double-teaming guys that weren't even really trying to score, and they would just throw the ball over, and all of a sudden they get an easy shot up. Like, the defensive game plan didn't seem right either because they would just run over and double-team Kevin Durant when he had the ball, not even looking at the basket, and they just throw it around, and Devin Booker get it and go dunk it and, or get a wide-open jump shot. Like, everything they did seemed wrong about planning for that game, and it seemed like they basically forfeited it because they didn't have – Quiet and still were in it. I would right. say they still were in it. They actually had, had a shot. I mean, and if normal power with his 42 points, I believe, is probably the reason they stayed in it. But to your point, Patrick, it didn't seem like the offense really had an identity or someone to run the offense through. Uh, so that was a bit chaotic. And defensively, yeah, man, <clears throat> there's no – really, that's no replacing the impact of a Kawhi Leonard defensively. No. No. Like you, That's – Honestly, you could make the argument, and he was—he's been great on both ends of the floor. But you could argue they missed him maybe more defensively than offensively. Yeah, I mean, he gets you a shutdown well, defender because they had no identity defensively or offensively. But when you don't have a, an identity defensively, it—it's not like Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell can put up 30, 40 defensive points for you. Right. You don't have that when you need to play team defense when you lose a defender like that, and they didn't have that either. He makes you easier because he's basically, he cancels out, out a guy, and you can play, you know what I mean? You really got it. It's a cheat code defensively when you have Kawhi out there. Uh, but they end up losing uh, that game 129-124. So uh, the Suns uh, with the win last night. We'll come back. We'll talk some more NBA on the other side. But also, there's some NFL discussion we got to get into. The C.J. Stroud smear campaign uh, continues. Yes. I mean, yesterday, yeah. we thought it 
may be the end of it. We're so close to the draft. We thought, all right, I guess all the uh, the negative reports yeah. are out there about C.J. Stroud. We were wrong. There are more negative reports about C.J. Stroud to come. We'll talk about that. We'll also get into uh, Bijan Robinson taking multiple visits, what teams are interested in him. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.